Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, still, I mean, as always, <laughs> is Trevor Scott. Hello! He's giving me the finger on the video. And uh, being very no. cheerful on the voice. I know, I, of course you're with me. I wouldn't do this show without you. It's only happened once before that you've done it without me. I've done it That's without true. you a whole That's heap true. of times. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a slacker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go into a thing, because I'm feeling a bit pitchy. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit pitchy. That's my new segment. Because I it's have where, a pitch. It's when Ben decides that he's not going to have perfect pitch, and he decides to I don't, I give don't us a perfect, perfect pitch, pitch instead. But that was, oh, that's a good name for the segment, the perfect pitch. It's a perfect pitch. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so, oh my God, it's going to be one of those notes. Uh, I have a pitch for a game, uh, mm. just off the dome. So I know you've been watching a lot of Among Us and the, the world has been playing it, uh, wildly, crazily. 500,000 or more people watching fucking AOC playing the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the, while the McElroy is unfortunately, uh, did it at the same time and got much less viewers, but uh, it was actually on the McElroy stream that I came across a game type that has been gaining popularity with Among Us, which is where they play hide and seek. Um, are you aware of this game? No, type, I didn't. I did not know of this game type. Tell me more. So, so what they essentially do is there's no reporting of bodies. The imposters uh, have their vision cone set down essentially to the minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else has theirs set up to the maximum and the imposters just have to try to kill everyone and everyone else has to try to get their tasks done. Uh, <laughs> they still have to get their tasks done. That's great. They still have to get their t- That's how they win. <laughs> so what's interesting about this, of course, is you can very easily hide from the imposters, uh, from the, from the seekers because yeah, they have this very limited circle of, of vision around them where they can see other characters. The problem is uh, you and still don't know who the, who the other ones are. <laughs> you, no, you announce so you announce up front who the imposters are. Okay. So you know who you're running from. Uh, That'd be more fun so if it, you didn't. <laughs> well, then then they could very easily. Anyway, <laughs> I also then saw a video where they've obviously assumed they've got a, a modded copy or something. They were doing a hundred player hide and seek. Wow, um, with five seekers and and ninety five hiders. So. I thought, hey, there's a whole lot of potential here for turning this game mode into a full-fledged game and seeing where we could take that general idea of, I think, keep the top-down 2D view because obviously the sort of division cone plays into it and works a lot better. Uh, yeah, you, you, in, in that you don't want space. a 3D you where you can't, you can only see. Exactly. Like, it's almost as if you got someone's hands over your eyes and you're just walking around <laughs> bumping into shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you just set that, uh, that culling plane real close and, uh, uh, so yeah, keeping that, that top down 2D view, but obviously from the get go, the idea is there's a killer or multiple killers and with very limited vision and everyone else has something to, it may not be doing tasks like in Among Us. Obviously that they do that just because that's the base game. Uh, yep. it could be anything. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was an interesting idea. I feel like there's actually a real opportunity there. If someone came out with 
a nicely made hide and seek game in that style right now because, you know, off the back of the popularity of that mode, uh, then that could do really well. And they call it Hide Among Us. <laughs> hide Among Us. Um, well, do you want to give me some thoughts before I go into some of the ideas I had around this? How you yeah. So, first thing I want to I want to sort of say is if you've got 95 people and five five um, seekers, as it were, I'd want it a little bit bigger um, map. Yeah, I, I I I don't think you'd go that big. I was thinking you'd go a bit more. I think than the the standard among us of what 10 or 12 is the max. Mm-hmm. Um, to maybe like twenty four or something, thirty two. Like you and could same go size map. You reckon? Uh, maybe similar, maybe a bit bigger. Uh, you 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 obviously want it to. You wouldn't want the seeker to get frustrated to, and just not be able to find anyone. Um, uh, they'd need to know the map reasonably well. Um, well, you could do you could do you, a few you can have like a mini map. You know, that, yeah, or that's or nice like and easy a- to see, or even uh, show the map, but just sort of yes. So in Continually Among Us, you can show still the see the map. In Among Us, you can still see the map. You just can't. It's it's like more grayed out outside of your vision cone, and you obviously can't see sort of act, act, active items like players and things. Yeah. Um. So a few things I thought were interesting around this. For one, I feel like you do it as like a serial killer kind of thing, like a horror, like a slasher flick, maybe. Um. Where you've got some reason that the the serial killer or killers. Uh, have this limited vision, but you could have some really cool tense moments where, you know, you're right outside the vision cone and they just walk past you kind of thing. Uh, and, and and that sort of, yeah, that, uh, just knowing. I think I think the other players would have to have at least a vague idea of the vision that the yep. Seekers have. I kind of uh, like the idea of, of seeing almost the- a visual of the vision cone. But yeah. if your character makes sound, I like the idea of things opening up a little bit. Like So sound was definitely where I was gonna go to to bring some depth to this. One of the things I thought could be quite interesting is that if the killer stands still, then they can hear better mm-hmm. to the point that if there's someone nearby, they can hear they the might be able to hear them breathing. Well, if they've definitely, if they move, then they can hear the footsteps. But I mean, to the point of breathing. So if you're like hiding in a corner in a room and the killer comes in, you're like, oh, it's already, they can't see me. But then they stop. You're like, oh, fuck. And then the, the hiders could even have like a hold your breath sort of thing. Yep. <laughs> but of course, you can't hold your breath indefinitely. So. Uh, I think there's got to be a reason then that the that the killer can't stop indefinitely because um, otherwise that's just not fair. They can just literally stand there. Well, look, I don't, I don't think they get like, oh, they're over here. It's more they get an indication of perhaps a direction, in which case, like, now they're moving again. The player could move or run or, you know, as long as they stay outside that vision code, they might be able to, man- they might be able to maneuver around them, right? And, yep. and get away or hide behind something else before they can turn around and, and see them, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I felt that like I could, I was just imagining the situation, that tense situation of the killer just like stopping in a room. And there's like two people hiding in different spots of the room. And they just like have to hold their breath and they're mm-hmm. seeing the meter of their breath. Like. <laughs> So I, I'm immediately wanting to see a slightly a slightly bigger uh, the type of map that I'm wanting to see is almost like a um a two story house almost 
Uh, I think a, a two-story sort of haunted mansion sort of thing could be quite cool in the in the fact that there could be multiple ways down from the um from the top floor, so that you can sort of um mm. or at least have two different ways coming down. But then you've got different in- interconnected rooms upstairs that you can go through and. Yeah, definitely. That that could be really cool. And I just had a vision of, like, you're on the top floor and suddenly you see the killer, like, start coming up the stairs. You know, you couldn't see downstairs, but you see him at the bottom of the stairs, essentially, like, his character sort of starts fading in as he comes up the stairway. I wonder- I, I think maybe you limit the speed of the killer, um, or at least they have, like, maybe a very limited stamina where they can rush at yep. someone if they see them or towards someone, uh, but most of the time they have to walk fairly- slowly to really get that serial killer like just tromping after you kind of thing like looking around very calmly but mm-hmm. um then they see you and it's just like bam uh so my question yeah. would be is once once you actually get really close to someone and you've caught them in your sort of in your vision thing and you mm. and you've, but you've just missed them mm. can you maybe bring a little bit of scent into it so that for for the shortest amount of time, so for like the next ten seconds, you can sort of see the trail as to where this person has gone. Yeah, I, I like the idea um, that you've gotten close and they managed to get away, but they've also got to keep on getting away at least for the next ten fifteen seconds because yeah. otherwise, um, you know, it's just like not fair on the serial killer because it's got to be I fair like on that. the serial killer. Otherwise, no one's going to want to <laughs> play the game. No, no, you definitely have to balance it. Um, I'm thinking sound definitely plays into it a lot so that essentially the serial killer, while slower, has more ability to get around the house. Um, And obviously because they don't care about making sound, whereas the the victims or the the hiders, like if they open a door, if they open a window, if they, you know, knock something over, maybe maybe you have to be really careful about where you're moving or, or different things then they could alert the killer to their position. Um, I mean, I so I so want to be walking down, like, a hallway or something. As you go past the vase that is precariously on top of, like, a um, a pillar or something, there's a there's a small chance of it falling off, and you've got to quickly hit the button to actually, yes. you know, catch I think it some and reflex put it back things. up. Yeah. yeah, definitely some reflex things like that. And that way, uh, when you're actually going fast and you're trying to get away from someone and it knocks over- You've just given them, given the the killer like a pinpoint on the map that he knows. Okay, they're upstairs. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that where they, for a few seconds, get a you heard a sound here, uh, and obviously it doesn't stick around for very long. Um, but yeah, they could use some of their stamina to get there quickly, or they could just be like, "All right, well, I know they're upstairs. I know they can't get out a you know out a window without me hearing them." do something further so they're they're trapped up there so i don't like it's like i don't even need to hurry because they're either they're hiding up there and they can't get anywhere without alerting me uh so yeah i i like that asynchronous kind of um gameplay like that but also a quick loop that is quite easy to get back in yeah so i guess that's the thing you know among us has the ghosts uh which you could still do something similar Uh, yeah i kind of like the idea that you know the ghost has sort of like on cooldown, like a rather long cooldown, they can make a noise. Like- Yeah. Yeah. Essentially put, you know, distract the killer into them thinking that, that one of the living victims is somewhere else for sure. Yeah. But it's a long cooldown. It's sort of like- Or maybe it's maybe it's a single a single use item only. Um, that each, well, each ghost has a single sound that well, they can maybe, maybe set off Well, maybe it is once. very specifically something that they can, like, push something in the environment, right? 
So they knock that vase off on purpose. And now that vase is broken, it, it can't be knocked down again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if, if someone else earlier in the game had knocked it down, well, they can't use that one. So that they, so it depends on how the game is gone, but there are enough things in the environment where it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to like slam that door or I'm going to, uh, break that window. But you're right. But yes, the, more- the, um, the ghosts need to have something that, you know, they're, they're rooting for. Um, yeah. I think I think that which is why I think Among Us is so perfect in the fact that they've got the tasks there so that you've still got something to do while you So I yeah I do think we need a, we haven't really decided on a win state for the hiders for the victims. Um I do like the idea of there is a time limit where the um where basically the cops are coming. Something okay, around so that. So it could just be survive long enough. Survive long enough. Um Is there a way that they can kill the killer? You obviously, it wouldn't be easy. Maybe it would even have to be Ooh, that, like- it's kind of like finding things for a ritual. Maybe, yeah. To, like, send them back to hell or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the idea is, you know, you got to sort of find the salt. you got to find the find the candle, find the book. And, you know, they can be hidden around anywhere. And mm. if if you go to go to the safe, then you got to find the, the combination to the safe to- to be able to find, you know, one of the pieces there. So, you've got a couple of different ways and a couple of different places it can be hidden. Um, yeah. So, the killer doesn't know, you know, going into the game, oh, these are the things they're definitely going to have to do. So, I'll just wait for them or whatever. Like that. Um, it would but, of course, the more that. people that you have, the harder it is for the for the killer. So, the idea Yeah, look, is- I'm actually starting to think if we're having it in a house like this, 24 or 32 is probably too many. Uh, I think maybe like- 10 people and one killer or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, make it a, make it similar stakes, the similar size then to Among Us. Uh, you could open it up to like a, a, like a small town sort of thing or, or a research base kind of like an, in yeah. Among Us that you could definitely, you could definitely open it up. Um, and look, you could do different types of killers and stuff. Cause I was thinking it could also be interesting. Like, yes, okay, this particular type of serial killer needs to be, you know, returned to hell with a ritual. This other one, you just need to hit them enough times. Like, you need to stab them 17 times or whatever. Like, you need to- (laughs) whatever it is. But every time you try to attack them, you're opening yourself up to, you know, being being killed. So, I think you make it either- you know, a valid strategy might be, like, everyone swarms them at once- and like half of you are going to die, but you, the rest of you might manage to take them down, or you just have to like bleed them out over time um, and take a risk every time. Like maybe you can find a fucking crossbow or something. It's like okay, you might get two bolts off, one or two bolts off before he turns around, rushes you, and kills you. Right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you're not going to have a chance. He knows exactly where you are. I just thought of the perfect two-player, you know, dual killer sort of situation. Okay, wet bandits. oh shit that's great that's great this is this is home alone 10 now there's 10 kevins uh and the wet bandits are back and they i just just love the idea of one one guy's kevin McAllister, and then it's all his friends that have like that have come over for for the sleepover sort of thing 
<laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That'd definitely be a level to put in there. And then you've got like traps that you can set up and stuff, and that's how you have to defeat them. I kind of see this almost like that. Um, what was it? What was that game? Was it Dead by Daylight or? Yeah, I think that was one of them where I haven't played it, but that you um, could buy all the all the DLC and that was different yeah. different killers and that that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do, I do love this idea of it's the it's the hide and seek variant on. You know, you're trying to stay away from these people because basically they can overpower you. Yeah. Very, that's very it, quickly. Exactly. It's you're, you're balancing it by they have all the physical, uh, you know, power, um, but you, you're able to hide because, yeah, you, you, your vision is so much better. They've got such limited vision. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like that could be, like I said, I think there's an opportunity there given the popularity. Like in this moment, if someone came out in, Three weeks <laughs> with a with a decent hide and seek game, uh, they could do really well. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Among Us Two actually, well, not Among Us Two, but like the because uh, they've actually canned that now. Um, yeah, and I think that was a great great choice by the developers to oh, yeah. to basically no, say wanna- no. Among Us has has already done amazingly well. It's now hit its stride. Let's start modifying this. Let's get this Absolutely. listen to the, listen so, yeah. to the um people yeah. out there and. The thing is, like, that's actually taking away, you know, potential future income. But because they've made so much money recently, it's sort of like it's a catch-22. They'd be, they'd be cannibalizing their own base if they tried to bring yeah. out Among Us 2 in, like, six months' time. Like, that's, you know, they'd have lost the momentum. Whereas if they keep if they keep releasing new stuff. And, yeah, like I think you were about to say, they may well bring out an official game mode or, or like, changes to the game where you can play hide-and-seek like people have been doing with house rules. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, again, this is a great a great thing. As soon as you said hide-and-seek, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure how that, that would work. But then you, you start rolling with it and it's sort of like, wow, this has a lot of legs that- yeah, I think there's- yeah, I there's would a, love, a cool to, love to be setting up a ritual and all this sort of stuff, and maybe the ghosts are, are able to help out in, in the way that they can still open up, like, the oh safe God. and all this sort of stuff. What if you need a ghost for the ritual? So, one <laughs> at least one of you has to sacrifice themselves. <laughs> Otherwise, the Ouija board doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, there's something hidden behind a secret door, and one of the ways to get, like, yes, you can find the code for it around the place, or one of you can sacrifice yourself, go behind there, and, like, use your your single-use, uh, you know, movement, uh, ecto fucking push to <laughs> to slam the door open. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's cool. I love it. Um, I, just the I, ritual. The ritual just sealed it for me. I know it was my own idea, but still, <laughs> if if we were going to make that, like, I'm tempted to <laughs> to jump on that. That's probably a good way to go with the ritual as the as the sort of tasks to do. Because uh, couldn't you imagine? You know, you you're having to like draw the pentagram. <laughs> like do, 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 you do, have to. <laughs> yeah. You have to be like. <laughs> Putting down the salt uh, in the right thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, got to start over. Pick it all back up again. Shit, the killer's coming. Hide in the closet. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. All right, well, we've done uh, about 20 minutes on that, so <laughs> let's move on to uh, one of our other segments. We- Ramped up click pitch. Ramped up click pitch. So, ramped up Trevor, click pitch wanna- is a game where we each have our random word generated Discord bot- Set to give us an adjective and a noun on the count of three to one click. We'll get a couple of words, throw them at each other, 
come up with a game design just like what we did there, but with randomness added. And then when it doesn't work, we throw it away. And then later on, we'll probably do a movie. I don't think we'll do second chance click pitch tonight because we just spent 20 minutes on this. <laughs> oh, but we're going to get out of sync <laughs> with our old episodes. Anyway, we'll, we'll see how we're going. All right, three, two, one, click. Tell me what you got. Restrictive. Kiss. Neglected. Amp. Amp. I'm just wondering whether whether we go like a a, um, a closed down like music store where oh music store okay yeah throughout this whole COVID nineteen thing obviously things have been closed down and all this sort of stuff and there's something about being restrictive neglected amp so it, that's given me all the um all the sort of uh, stuff that's happened around this store, and then Kiss yep. is sort of saying that the the owner has actually found love. And Unless it's-, it's Kiss the band. <laughs> <laughs> what was your other word? Restrictive. Oh, restrictive Kiss. Okay. Okay. So you're thinking it's some sort of like a narrative thing around the owner of this music store? Yeah. Okay. I can get behind that. Uh, what sort of game are we thinking then? I can kind of see it as as like a a visual novel style, or it could it could just be a wacky sort of adventure of of how do you how do you bring the the store back from its neglectedness? Okay. So it's sort of okay. you, you're doing different actions to to try and clear shit out. Yeah, okay. Maybe this is one of those games. Um, all right, here's what I'm picturing. Um, here's what you're pitching. Here's what I'm <laughs> pitching, pitch-uring. It's 2D. It's um, modern. It could probably be modern-ish 2D. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, retro style. Yep. Uh, or even 3D, fixed pers- like, uh, fixed perspective. So, you've you've essentially got, like, a strip of- Shops and houses and such, maybe. Um, so you can like come out of your music store and you're on the street and you can go left or right and you can go to different places along there. The bakery. I'm loving that there's like a little bakery next door. And that's sure. where, that's yeah. where, that's where you've, you've met the new owner of the bakery and you're following well, head over or, heels in love. Or do you do this visual novel esque and there are like four or five love interests? In these different places, like one of them is, you know, Jimothy who walks his dog every day. Uh, <laughs> one of them is Samantha, yeah, who works at the bakery. One of them is, I don't know, whoever else. Paula, uh, who's one of your customers who comes in and yeah. tries out the same amp every single she tries day. Tries out the same amp every single day. Yes. Yeah. She's like a, you know, an old, uh, or like a, a dejected rocker kind of thing who's trying to relive her glory days and decide on an amp, the, whether she wants to buy this amp or not. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like that. And so, but what I liked is as you go, you kind of get, whether you get money or you just get, help from people or something, but 
you you can essentially choose how to restore your store in different ways. Yeah, uh, and so you've got a bit of like decoration <laughs> gameplay. I love stuff. as soon as you open it, there's like cobwebs everywhere because no one's been in for like a year. And oh, totally. Um, <laughs> you have like um, at the end of the first day, like there's a battle with a with a nest of spiders in the corner and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could almost do. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how you want to go with the gameplay. This could almost be a Stardew Valley-ish sort of thing where, you know, like in that game, you've got a variety of things you can do. You can plant stuff and fix stuff up. You can craft stuff. You can go to and fucking battle things in the mines or whatever. You can go into town and talk to people. Similar similar to that, but taking it, I guess, distilling it down a little bit more. So, you know, you've just got this street. And yeah, maybe you fucking fight a nest of spiders in, in the corner and there's some sort of stuff you, you know, you get silk from that and you trade it with someone. I don't know whether you go deep on that crafting thing, but mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely some opportunity there. Yeah. Um, so what do you want out of the end? Like, um, obviously it has to have an end to it if it's a I visual think, novel style. I th- think getting the music store back up and running uh, and then you've got your branching sort of stuff at different conversations with with your different love interests who you may or may not, you know, get to that level of romance where you get the ending where you're together or whatever. Because um, often those visual novels, you know, if you try to if you try to romance too many people or go too far down the different paths. It goes paths, south. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, either it goes south, like, yeah, like, they lose respect for you because you're trying to, you know, get it on with too many people or- Yeah, you're trying to put all your de- all your eggs in one basket. Um, or sell well, all your eggs to, to you're one trying customer. To spread- <laughs> 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 yeah, that's how, you, that's how you end up with someone at the end, perhaps, is, is by doing that. Uh, but again, it could you could bring in some different aspects of, oh, well, this person likes this sort of thing and maybe even change the way you- you build back your store and things you choose based on what the person you're romancing likes. Three, two, one, click. Sure. Let's leave it at that. Music store love. Music store love. I've got to. (laughs) 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 All right. Boring poster. Committed. Spoof. Spoof? Spoof. S-P-O-F. No, it's S-P-O-O-F. Okay. Spoof. That's what I thought. The S keeps, like, Spoof. clipping out through- Because of the, the explosive or something. Explosive. No, the- No, that's the other thing. Doesn't matter. Uh, the noise reduction on- Yeah. Discord. On still, Discord. I think. It's pretty horrible with that. Committed okay. Spoof. Boring poster. Uh, okay. So, I, I think this is definitely sort of got- prankster kind of thing or- Well, I'm thinking if- When you think of, like, a spoof movie sort of thing, it's it's always over uh, the top. Um, yeah. Over the top sort of comedy. Uh, taking off of, like, a, a, you know, a main sort of- um, Do we go back to the Weird Owl well? <laughs> Since he's the master of spoofs when it comes to songs and parody, 
he's, he's not, he's not going through hell this, bef- this time? No, he's not, like, galloping across hell in fucking whatever that was. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking 160 episodes ago or something. <laughs> uh, no, I think- Is this, like, Weird Al has a new movie out? Um, <laughs> UHF 2. Well, I think we- I think we- Come up with something new. Yeah. It's called Cable this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Fiber to the Node. <laughs> um, it's called um, mixed, tech- mixed Technology Bullshit. From- Do we take boring to mean, like, boring through the ground? Ooh. Is Weird Al doing- Oh, maybe Weird Al is doing a Borat style. This is where the commitment comes in. He's, like, (laughs) playing a character who has, like, a fucking underminer-style drill (laughs) that bores through the earth. (laughs) He comes up in people's backyards and, like- Sings them a song and then fucks off. Sings them a song. (laughs) (laughs) This is how he's selling his album. He's doing it like he decided to go on like a a personal tour of of going to each one of his fans' houses and just selling directly to them, forgetting that the internet actually exists. <laughs> or maybe it's about sticking up the posters around you around your movie or your concert. Like, and the way you get around is through digging through the earth. <laughs> like, I'm almost picturing just a silly, like, a, a, a arcadey kind of 2D thing with Weird Al in, like, this weird fucking digging mining vehicle mm-hmm. popping up and putting posters around and then <laughs> drilling back into the earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's just insane. Um, okay. Ooh, so you said boring poster. And I'm I'm sort of seeing this as in um, going. I like your Weird Al idea, but I'll go in a different sort of sure direction for a little bit. Um, I did drive mine into the ground a bit. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Um, I'm seeing this as in a kid bored at work at Blockbuster. And he's looking okay. at all the different posters ar- around, um, Are around the store. Are we setting this in the nineties? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. Or is this the last blockbuster in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can make a decision, but I'm, I'm still picturing that it's, he's surrounded like by the movie posters and all this sort of stuff. And whether this is a dream or not, but basically he sort of gets dragged into the world in the poster, sort of thing. And you got different ones throughout the throughout the block. Okay, okay, but every poster is a spoof of that movie. Exactly, because it's the Weird Al. Yeah, it's the Weird Al version. Oh, I, I would love for Weird Al to turn up in every single one, a la your um, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. <laughs> where I can't everything- say that one stuck in my head, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Heath Ledger. You know, it was his last film before he died, and you know he's the, yes. he's a character that goes through it, through all the different adventures. Except um, they had to change him into uh, what was it, Jude Law and um, Johnny Depp, and 
a few of them. Yes. But I, I like yeah. the idea of, yeah, Weird Al, it happens to be in all these spoof sort of- Oh, totally. Oh, totally. So, yeah, you're looking around and- you uh you find you could go through a few different you could go through a few different um you know whether it be action in one in one particular one or it's sort of like more pointing pointy clicky in in another movie that you sort of yeah end they could up all in. be different they could all be different they're all sort of just little little adventure kind of things I'm almost picturing this as like a point and click. Um, with some arcadey stuff or something yep. like little mini game, like some of them are just smaller, th- almost a bit like um, uh, Clockwork God, Larry yep. Qu- Clockwork God, where you know, you, yeah, you end up going through seven or eight of these movies. Some of them might be shorter with just little gimmicks. Some of them might be full fledged kind of adventure, point click adventure stuff. So what um, I'm what I'm picturing is you've got. Like a couple of movies that have actually been delivered in, into the um you know into the Dropbox, but then you see mm. like a little sort of like little creature like a pixie or a troll or something like that come and pick out a couple of videos and like take it into one of the one of the posters, and that's why you got to sort of follow follow along and and you you're trying <laughs> you're to like, get hey, back. You don't have a blockbuster card. Well, you, you're trying to close up the store, but you you can't close up the store because you haven't finished. Checking in all the tapes yet. Right. So, first, so you jump right into the poster for Bite Club, uh, that movie about a secret underground- uh, Vampire club, yep. No, competitive eating contest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al always does food stuff, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, you Weird sort Al of- Weird Al plays you, the- I, I'm picturing that you enter character. into, like, a subway, and you, you start hearing, like, the, the start of- Bad or fat, and all of a sudden, Weird yeah. Al comes out and goes, "No, no," <laughs> and he just doesn't allow any of his main tracks to appear. <laughs> I think he's got new. He's got new songs. He's got new songs. He doesn't for- want the old stuff being being done. It's like, no, shutting this down now. Move along. <laughs> Nothing to see. Here. Well, I think, I think, I think Weird Al plays the Tyler Durden character in in Bite Club, who's you know. Who brings you so, into this club so who, and- who plays- I can't remember. I don't think Edward Norton even had a character name in that, did he? No, uh, no I think he he specifically didn't. Um, but, I mean, that's your character. Like, whoever you- Whoever the main character of the game is, like, you come into this and you're now the Edward Norton character in Bike Club. Uh, mm-hmm. Finding your way into this secret underground competitive eating uh, ring. And But they secretly you know, eat soaps. <laughs> they eat soap, yeah. <laughs> and then you make your way out of there and uh, you find your way into- um, Pillow. It's the- um, It's the- uh-huh. Like, the spoof of Willow. Um, yep. And in there, you've got basically, like, just literally a pillow that get- does the same things that- um, it's a fantasy adventure. Yeah, fantasy about adventure. Talking, about talking pillow. Talking pillow. Yep. Played by Sorry, Val Kilmer and, and well, played by I, Warwick Davis. I think Warwick Davis still plays pillow, um, but yep. Weird Al plays the Val Kilmer part. Sure. Yep. So it's a bit of a bit of a um, bit of a turn. He gets a little bit more actiony in this one. Yep. So uh, my question is: Do you play pillow, or do you or do you play? No, I think you have to be a- I, I think you're- well- Or do you have to 
you have to be like an extra character that goes along with them on the on the adventure. Um, <laughs> I, I look. I I don't think I've even ever seen Willow, so that's a tough. How one can you not have seen Willow? Willow is an amazing movie. Sorry, I've got it on DVD. Anyway, so you get out of. I can't play DVDs anymore. <laughs> I don't have anything that plays DVDs. Jesus. <laughs> Disc media, uh, physical media, physical media. I, I could always put it into my PlayStation Four, but I would never grace my PlayStation Four with with a physical media, except for games that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot that the yeah. PlayStation Four can play game, uh, play movies, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't forget, but I just don't use it for that. So it slipped my mind. Uh, let's uh, jump over the uh, movie. Uh, and then, wait, I haven't finished with okay, my sorry. puns. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you jump into the Lambshank Redemption. <laughs> when Weird Al plays the Morgan Freeman character. <laughs> but he sings again about food. Because everything's food. about food. And that's yeah. what... <laughs> he does more stuff than just food. <laughs> no, nah, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's just the easiest puns to make. <laughs> Um, I know. I thought my pillow was pretty funny. That was good. That was good. Um, uh, now I want to find another one. one there, but I can't. Can't get it. Good Kung Fu Bustle. <laughs> <laughs> the green smile. Green that smile. Happens. That's awesome. That's that's a great one. Um, mm. uh, the Park Rangers. Like Mighty Morphin Park Rangers or whatever. <laughs> Mighty Morphin Park Rangers, I like that. Mighty Morphin Texas Rangers. <laughs> you have Weird Al playing the Chuck Norris role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, do- <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know. That like just tail off into us trying to do puns, but um, whatever. That's fun. We are going to move on to our movie tie-ins sort of game thing that doesn't have a real title where we are going to get a random movie each and we're going to choose either a the movie itself. We might just make a game tie-in for that movie uh, or we might just take the title or the synopsis and uh, see what sort of game we can make from that. So, let's do it. Let's see what we get. Three to one movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've not heard of this. It's 1983's Fire and Ice. Mm-hmm. It's apparently an animated tale. It's got a very um, fan- like classic fantasy movie cover. What's the um, there's a there's that particular guy starts with an F who does those sorts of posters. Anyway, nah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's some sort of uh, fantasy thing. Well, do you want me to read the synopsis? Yes. Uh, in this animated tale, a tiny village is destroyed by a surging glacier, which serves as the deadly domain for the evil ice lord Necron. The only survivor is a young warrior, Lan, who vows to avenge this act of destruction. Avenge There's more, me. but that's the general thing. Yep. Okay. I have What'd the 2017 get? film Dead Again in Tombstone. Okay. The Devil's Outlaw and Reluctant Servant, Guerrero, played by Danny Trio, returns mm-hmm. from the dead again in this action-packed western which promises to be one hell of a ride. 
Guerrero is forced to protect a stolen relic from getting into the hands of some dude and his gang of soldiers. And Jackson, oh, his name's Jackson Boomer. There we go. Um, and Jackson will stop at nothing to raise his comrades from the dead and bring the wrath of hell upon Earth. Okay. Actually sounds kind of cool. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I immediately got the idea sort of, um, and maybe this is from Danny Trejo, uh, of like a Broforce style thing, but it's a Western. Uh, yep. So a bit less just like wild shooting and maybe a bit more precision six, you know, six shooter kind of deal, uh, or like throwing knives and stuff. Uh, but yeah, you can like raise your pals from the dead and maybe that's how you get the multiplayer in there. Mm-hmm. And so sort of just a, yeah, like a side scrolling Western. Shooter, essentially action-packed shooter, kind of like a Dead Cells, even. maybe, or yeah, or just a. I was going even even more simple than that, and 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 leaning on the multiplayer, I think, like Broforce did, where you kind of yep. you go through a level, or may, uh, maybe maybe not a level, maybe a bit more of a horde shooter sort of style thing, where you've got a town and you can like get up on the roof of the saloon or whatever, or you can you know ride a horse across one side to the other. Yep. As, as enemies are coming at you. Yep. I like that. Um, so, you've got some guy on the other side that can raise the dead as well. So, you're trying to take him out as quickly as possible. Otherwise, the horde just never ends. Yeah, okay. That could be good to have that that as the, like, goal for the level, essentially. Um, but you have to, like, you have to- Essentially, yeah, build up enough. I don't know. Maybe you get power. Maybe you get upgrades or something as the level goes on, or you get point. Like this could even it could even be a bit of a like a shmup where you know in a, in a shoot 'em up where you'll kill enough people and you'll get you know an upgrade mm-hmm. thing that's floating down the screen or whatever. Yep, uh, it could be like that. You kill you know ten people in a short amount of time. Oh, you got an upgrade thing now. You. You, you know, it upgrades your gun in some way or you get dynamite or you get unlimited throwing knives or, I don't know, different power-ups. And then, yeah, essentially when your side has uh, enough power, you can go and try to take on the big boss. Um, he's obviously got powers to raise the dead and, and turn them against you. Can they also, given that you're dead, can he maybe, um, if you get hurt enough, he can actually sort of take over your your character and sort of switch it against- the rest of your your team. That could be cool. Yeah. That could be a downside to- Like, if you don't revive someone soon enough, you get, like, five or ten seconds where your character is just is just attacking your team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that really sets your- You know, obviously sets your side back uh, because, meanwhile, he's still spawning, you know, and raising more- dead and, and you know, maybe getting health back, regenerating or something. I kind of like the idea that when you get resurrected, whichever side sort of resurrects you, you are still controlling it. But the idea is that you get extra XP if you, if you like, uh, kill your friends sort of thing. So, <laughs> the, the idea being that if, if you get turned, you've then got reason to- um. To turn on your friends, basically. Right. So, basically, whoever whoever wins from now on, if they can somehow turn you you back- So, essentially, if they can kill you and then revive you, then you're back on their team. 
But if you manage to kill all of them with the help now of this horde, yep. then you- You get extra you XP and basically you're now, you know, it's you against them. But um, if they lose, they don't get any XP. You get the XP if you if your team wins. But if you if you die, your XP gets cut down a bit. So, you're talking about XP um, from- that seems like it. You you might have character progression outside of I think so. the round itself. I think so. Okay, that could be interesting. Almost like a crawl situation where, it's yeah. like, okay, this round's done. Spend your XP to to upgrade your character in different ways. Yeah. So weapons. now now when you get now when you get risen, you know you can write, uh, raise a minion with you as well, and then yeah yeah yeah, you get your own occultish necromantic. Uh, skills. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking player, for the idea that, you know, you can, you can turn friends against friends, basically. So, if- Okay, so- <laughs> This is- Yeah, that is interesting because- So, if- If you're playing a game, it starts off with- You've got, you got like a four-player game. It's all four of you against the computer- um, The computer bad guy. One of you turns- and then wins that match. Do you start the next round on the bad guy's team still? Um, maybe, but no, no, no. I think I think your character sort of gets um gets revived or or you know has a change of heart or something like that. It's just put it, put in some reason as to why you're on the on the good good guy side again. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I kind of like the idea that they stay on the bad guy's side. Um, again, in that sort of crawl maybe thing that, where it's like- Maybe in the next time on- that you come up against them, you can't use that character again until you save them. So, you got to kill them and bring them back on- onto your side, and that-, that enables you to play that character again. Oh, okay. So, you essentially- Yes, you get-, you get a bunch. You get a bunch of XP, but you have to then apply it to a new character- in some oh, way, you, or you just have to bring bring forward another character, um, sa- save your guy, and then you get that all that XP, like to to spend on that same character. Right. I know it's becoming a little bit hard now. It's getting a little bit. I'm just trying to think it through. I mean, that could work. It could it could almost be that. Yeah, you win that round as on the bad on the bad guys team you start the next round as a new character and now there's a, pl- a computer controlled version of that character who if you yes if you defeat and revive then you you basically combine the xp and with with bonus xp or something and yep. yeah yeah i think there's I think there's definitely some interesting stuff you could play with there around yeah setting your friends ba- against basically, friends You'd ha- basically you you're trying you're trying not to not to make it so that the um the person playing um you know if if they if they now win on the bad guy's side you know they can't access their character again and what's the point of them trying to win on the bad guy's side you know yeah yeah i know yeah they, you'd have to work out the balance which is why the if, if they're now on the bad guy's side until until they get killed and brought back over you know it's it's really hard again to do it on a on a single screen because now you know you got the three people on this side and you've got your character having to come across from the other side and really far well, away. Well, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily have to be single screen. Um you could just do split screen or something um with a with a larger level. 
uh, I don't know. You, you could you could figure that stuff out. That's not for the pitch. That's for later on. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say that you know something happens like um, at the end of each level. I think you get dragged back down to hell, and therefore, yeah, maybe okay. And you get told off by Satan. It's like no, don't fight <laughs> whoever that is. Yeah, but it, it's just like a um, it's a you know, it's a it's a no, it's a mean nothing sort of sort of thing where you get a lot more XP. You get reprimanded for by Satan a little bit, and you go down his down in his book supposedly, but nothing really yeah. happens. Yeah, I, you, I, you, the other thing you'd have to balance is you want to make it when you want to make it not so tempting that it's worth just dying and fighting for the opposite side. Like yeah. the first one to die and fights for the opposite side, you know, then gets a ton of XP or whatever. Uh, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to put them in a more challenging position or make it less likely then that they're going to get the XP or something. Well, it's one of these things of um, that XP is now up for grabs. So, mm. if if the other team beats you, that XP that was promised to you now goes to the other three people and gets right. put equally okay. along yeah. among them. So, so, really, it's a risk versus reward sort of thing that mm. if you do switch, then you get, like, you know, an extra 100,000 XP or whatever it is. But if they if they happen to kill you and switch you back, uh, that hundred hundred thousand XP or whatever that gets you that you're supposed split to be between them. get get split between the three people who turned you, mm. and you only get your original XP. Yeah, you'd have to work on balancing that. But I yeah. definitely there's definitely some cool stuff you could do there. Yeah, I like it. Same All here. Right. Let's click again. Another movie. Another movie. All right. <laughs> 2016's Trash Fire and it sounds as though that movie was Trash Fire <laughs> worthy of the name uh, 2001's Joe Somebody with uh, looks like Tim Allen and maybe Julie no what's uh, Julie Bowen uh, <clears throat> do you want to do your synopsis for Trash Fire what's it about a man forced to confront his past when he and his girlfriend End up in an enta- end up entangled in a web of lies, hence why it sounds like a trash fire. I mean, it just doesn't sound very game worthy. No, how's uh, Joe somebody? Joe somebody, when underappreciated video specialist Joe Schaefer is brutally humiliated by the office bully Mark McKinney in front of his daughter, Joe begins a quest for personal redemption. He proceeds by enduring a personal makeover and takes martial arts lessons from a B action star. As news spreads of his rematch with Mark, Joe suddenly finds himself the center of attention, ascending the corporate ladder and growing in popularity. He's determined to show everyone in his life that he's not a nobody, but a force to be reckoned with. So- I kind of like the idea of taking taking both names, Joe somebody, <laughs> trash fire. Trash fire, <laughs> colon trash fire. Yep. And coming up with okay. something, something around that, something fresh. So not taking, not using the synopsis. Not just, using the synopsis, right. just, just the words. Okay. The um, the cool. name of the, the name of the game is Joe Somebody Trash Fire. Um. Okay. So there is something I will steal from from the um thing of of you know he's your average Joe basically. He's almost yeah. like a. I'm seeing Joe, Joe. Somebody is almost like a Joe Dirt sort of character, or or something along those lines of of just your average sort of Joe that this story happens to be about. 
Um, I don't think he he's sort of. I think it's along the lines of, of your Joe Dirt, where he doesn't necessarily know his family and and all this sort of stuff. He always thought that he was a nobody, but he's trying to make something of himself. Okay, I mean Joe Dirt was very much along the kind of hillbilly, you know, yeah, yeah. white trash side of things. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to I'm trying to reconcile because I started. I did start thinking about like a a, a corporate ladder style like uh, fighting game. Where you start, like- <laughs> it's just Fight Club again. <laughs> well, yeah, like as you raise as you raise as you ascend the corporate ladder, you're also like fighting and you're doing like street fights and stuff. Um, but what I mean, what sort of what sort of game are you thinking? Is it you're going in a bit more of a narrative direction? Um. I mean, the story is narrative, but it's, um, it's, I'm definitely thinking more, more actiony sort of stuff going on. Um, mm. with the whole idea of trash fire, I'm almost thinking that this is a, um, sort of like you're, you're a garbage man by, by day, but you're, you're trying to make something of yourself. Okay. I do like bringing being a, Waste disposal specialist into it. <laughs> I love the fact uh, that you know he he's you know got some sort of waste disposal specialist written on his resume and all this sort of stuff. You can you can look yeah, into totally. Um, trying to trying to jazz it up. What else do you think he's doing in in his life? I'm I'm seeing this almost like a third person action action adventure sort of thing, where mm-hmm. for some of it you know you're sort of open on on the thing where you're you're running down the street next being able to hang on to the hang on to the truck and all this sort of stuff pick up the um Mm -hmm. the rubbish and put it into the into the back of the truck jump jump onto the back of the truck again for a little bit little bit yeah that could be sort of your little prologue like get some exposition in there about who you are and maybe you've got a workmate or something driving the truck i kind of like the idea that you at the end of this street you come across basically a um a house that uh you see someone like put a put like a battery into the um into the bin because you mm. know that you're not supposed to put batteries into bins and when you when you put it into the back of the truck like it, it explodes and, and causes like a massive fire and you've got to basically try and get your friend out and all this sort of stuff and you're yeah hailed by the local news as a hero for for saving your friend from this um from this fire okay and then it's sort of like you're you're going through a couple of different things in your life of you know trying to um trying to survive your 15 minutes of fame right yeah that's so this is yeah this is joe so so maybe he was happy with his life so it, it's yeah. not that he's like yeah it's not like he's down on his luck he's not you know hasn't gone anywhere or anything like that it's like no like he loves his job he doesn't have a family, but he's you know happy enough with that with his lot in life. But yes, he oh, I'm being- I'm loving the idea that he's actually got you know a loving family with like his sister or something like that, which he's got like nieces and nephews and they're everything everything. To yeah. Him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He maybe even lives with them. Like you know he just because they're a close family and yep. it's like yeah you know. The, the sister's partner left and he's sort of stepped in as a bit of a- uh, Surrogate a father. Surrogate father <laughs> for the- Yeah, for the nieces and nephews and just supporting his sister herself. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but then, yeah, okay. So, what does this fame bring that you then have to 
sort of well, it, it could definitely bring in like a, a stealth aspect of of just trying to go down go down to the shops and and like yeah, you know, having to sneak out of your back your back door, it's jump a over the fence, and, uh, yeah. It's so a dur- during your fifteen sequence. minutes, everyone's trying to trying to you know interview you and all this sort of stuff and. I feel um, like okay. Get get down and and order food and all this stuff. Just, this has to be more than this. Then that like oh you got a few interviews on the TV. I think what has to happen is you got some interviews on the TV. Your personality was so like likable and out there that like you've essentially become this accidental star. Like maybe you said a catchphrase. Like it's a bit like the I didn't do it boy episode of The Simpsons, right? Like. You said something that's just caught on, and now people are making T-shirts of you, and someone's you know auto-tuned what you songs. said and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, like the auto, yeah. Uh, and so it's yeah. So there is a reason that people want to catch. If people catch a glimpse of you, then they're going to like run up and scream and want your autograph or whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. I- I'm seeing so almost like- heavy rain esque, um, you know, controls and that sort of stuff in that. You know, you're just trying to get get by and do the normal mundane sort of stuff, but you're also having to to run away and you know hide and go uh, go out yeah, inc- incognito <laughs> and and all this sort of stuff as well. Yeah, I guess it depends on how much you want. Like, is this just a sequence in the game, or is this the whole game of doing this stealth stuff? I think um, this is this is the at least the first act, and then it sort of breaks right. into a bigger story as as you go through. Hmm. Maybe all the right, fact so that um, you know someone's not happy that you've you've actually taken all this fame and is trying to hurt your family or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say you you then attract the attention of someone who is putting the family at risk, uh, and then it turns into a long kiss, uh, good night, and <laughs> no, no, I was going to say it turns into uh, the old Simpsons arcade game, and all you and your and your sister and your kids. Get to like do a side scroll and beat him up. <laughs> that's act two. <laughs> yeah, that's act two. All right, we're just going completely off the rails with this. Uh, every act is a completely different gameplay. Um, so you do that. You track down the the evil villain who, for some reason, wants to use your family for devious plans, uh, and then it turns into Far Cry as he traps you on an island, and you've got to go through and. Like, you can go anywhere that you want on the island. <laughs> it's a whole Far Cry-sized game in the third act of- with with the typical Ubisoft towers that you got to you know unlock the map by going up the tower and you know scouting around and you see all the little things around. <laughs> you have to go and um, find all the dumpsters. That are on top of towers for some reason. <laughs> to unlock all of the, yes, all of the side missions uh, for del- for picking up garbage and saving your family. Uh, all right. <laughs> the end of that game. Okay. Let's do one more click pitch. Let's see whether let's we can finish. Let's do one more click pitch. Let's finish it off on, on something maybe slightly less crazy. Okay. <clears throat> Wandering Farm. Chestnut comedy. Hmm. Farm comedy. Um, 
so chestnuts sort of brings in into mind like um chestnuts roasting on an open fire sort of holiday mm-hmm. time of year holiday sort of theme yeah okay um comedy sort of it that to me just says that this is a comedic sort of sort of take on what's what's actually happening at this time of year so it's okay sort of taking on a farm yep now is this actually some sort of wandering farm like a traveling farm (laughs) is it a petting zoo (laughs) is it the adventures of a petting zoo i love the idea that every every morning you wake up and it's like the the farm has actually moved around a little bit and you're not quite sure where the potatoes are anymore (laughs) <laughs> well, or just you've planted them on a series of trucks. <laughs> um, or this is the, or this is the future, and they're like drones. They're like these these big hover hovercraft um, vegetable patches. Okay, I kind of like the idea that you are a um, a city slicker. Okay, um, who's for the holidays, or in this case, your your brother or sister has gone away on holidays and asked you to look after the farm. Okay. And you kind of have- to, you don't quite know everything that's going on on the farm, so you're having to wander the farm to try and find all the bits and pieces that she's sort of saying you need to get done. Okay. So, this is like a wacky kind of third person- Puzzler, almost. Yeah. Oh, maybe <laughs> this is a comedy version of like The Witness, <laughs> where to solve, <laughs> where to like deal with all the things on this farm. You need to do. You have to like learn all the different elements that go into these puzzles to like start the machines, and <laughs> maybe not quite as abstract as The Witness, but but you know what I mean. It's more okay. You learning the lay of the land. The barn's closed, you know, it's it's on some sort of automation thing. You can't open that yet. All right, I'm going to go over here. Maybe I need to tackle the feeder thing over here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're sort of yep. unlocking things as you go and learning about how this farm fits together and works so that you can- Before you can use smoothly. the combine harvester, you've got to learn how to use the tractor. So, the tractor is like the simple version of the combine <laughs> harvester. But it turns out that it's got elements of a truck as well. So, if you work out how <laughs> how her truck works, then you can work out how the tractor works and you can, like, to steer and all that sort of stuff, you've got to do another puzzle. And then um, I, well, I like the idea that if you get the combine harvester wrong and you take- or you take it out and you haven't actually cleared out another puzzle, like, there's there's people who have actually been wandering your, your farm- and you kind of combine harvest them into into everything else. Jesus, it's like a comedic thing of <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, oh, I guess it's just part of the game now. <laughs> Blood well, I kind of wonder also if it, it could be interesting to have this be so sort of like those automation games, like Satisfactory and Factorio and stuff. But it's it's not your automating it. It's it's already all set up. You're just having to figure out how it all works yep. to, like, get it all running smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, piece by piece, it might be, oh, okay, I got the, you know, grain uh, mill bit section running. So, I've got some output coming from that. It's not super efficient yet because I haven't figured out this other, like, input to it or whatever or the, like, power fluctuations or- I mean, I know that's not very comedic, but- <laughs> 
you can, <laughs> it can still be funny while you're solving these puzzles. I like the idea that if you fail, then something shitty happens to the farm. That could be cool. Yeah. That, that things can just get all worked. It's like, oh, no, I, I, I turned the conveyor belt up to full speed and, like, the barn filled with grain and just exploded out the chimney, you know, and, like, destroyed the whole farm. <laughs> and then it returns back and says, don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do like that, that if you- I like the idea that the things you're learning are more meta, as in- you know, if you go back to the start, it's not like, oh, I've got to do all that again and learn all that again and go through that again. It's like- Because you know no, it now. Now. You know how to, now you know how to do that. Like, as a person, as the player, you now know how to do that. You you know, and then you can just go and go, oh, okay, I just- I switched that by doing this code and then I, you know, I know that if I set the conveyor belt to 50%, then the efficiency is going to be good enough to- I don't know, or whatever, right? Yep. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of cool. That is really cool. That's fun. think we've run that well dry. Yeah. Uh, we brought up that bucket, empty, so. (laughs) (laughs) There's a hole in my bucket, dear Benji, dear Benji. (laughs) There's a hole in my bucket, dear Trevi, a hole. Uh, all right, I think we're going (laughs) to, I think we're going to end the episode on that note. So, thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Leave us a review. We would- Really love it. If you listen to this episode, thought, hmm, that episode was four stars worth of fun or whatever. You know, whatever you think. I'm just being humble. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was five stars. Maybe it was one. But to go there, uh, leave leave an episode, uh, leave a review on the episode or on the podcast. Give us some feedback. We would love to see it. Yes, because we, we also- want to know who out there is listening. Yeah. Tell us. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasts around pop culture and video games and a bunch of other things. Definitely go and check out some of those fine, fine shows at 8bit.net. Also, if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, check out on Facebook the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network or at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to Thank Kuridas for the use of the song Matt Defiance of the Album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And that was a trash fire. And I'm Weird Al starring in the Two Man Show. 